Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. Steph versus LeBron. Jokic versus Booker. Joel Embiid versus Tatum and the Celtics. Jimmy Buckets trying to put away New York City. Bet Online Sportsbook has you covered with all the props, odds, promos, and parlays as we decide the final four in basketball's playoffs this week. Use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. That's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen to them however and whenever it is. That you so choose, and we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you may be here. It's a fantabulous May 8th according to my count. May not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is you may be listening. It has been a wacky and wild weekend in the NBA playoffs, and today on the show, I felt the best way to proceed would be to sit down, throw on the microphones, and do a classic NBA watch party. One of the old-time classics here on the Take It Easy podcast. Post-game show, live show, whatever you want to call it, we are going to sit down and we are going to talk about Philadelphia 76ers and Boston Celtics here on today's show because the last time we spoke about this series came after game number one when the Philadelphia 76ers put a beatdown on the Boston Celtics. James Harden had 45 points, shot 17 of 30 from the field, 7 of 14 from three. James Harden was incredible and carried the 76ers to a victory over the Boston Celtics. And in the time since we broke down that episode and talked about Joel Embiid's MVP and how things may be right in the basketball generational universe. In the time since then, the Boston Celtics on their home court beat the living crap out of the 76ers in Joel Embiid's return, as was kind of expected because for a team who loses game one on their home court, they win game two of the series 17 times in a row. The last team that lost the first two games of a series on their home court was the 2018 Toronto Raptors. It's been five full postseasons since a team lost two games 
on their home court to begin a series. So Boston beating the crap out of Philadelphia with Embiid returning, a little bit expected. Shooting came back down to earth for Harden. And then Game 3 in Philadelphia, when Embiid got his MVP and his son was giving him a big ol' hug and there was all sorts of feel-good moments, the Boston Celtics won in a game where both teams didn't play like particularly well. Like Harden had a couple great plays because the Boston Celtics played drop coverage defense on him, and altogether he just missed a lot of open shots. And when, when they're missing open shots, I mean, the 76ers are relatively easy to defend when they're missing open shots because the offense is predicated when it's not a Joel Embiid 50-point game where it's one of those games where Embiid says, okay, I'm taking this shit over. When it's not one of those games and Embiid is playing some of the Jokic-style ball where he'll, uh, for example, post up on Al Horford and then when they draw the double team, he'll kick it out to... Tucker in the corner or he'll kick it out to Georges Niang or he'll kick it out to Tobias Harris uh, when he plays some of that Jokic style of a super skilled five Embiid will defer to the teammates and if they're just missing shots I mean the sick again you just double Joel Embiid have him play the Jokic game and then if they're not going to make their three-pointers I mean Boston has one of the best offenses in the NBA they can overcome that relatively easily and so Boston won that game. James Harden shot 5 for 28 in the two games after he shot 17 of 30 and carried the 76ers to a Game 1 victory, which first of all shows you how high the usage rate for Harden was in that crazy Game 1, and at the same time reveals how James Harden did regress to the mean once Joel Embiid returned, and Boston ended up winning Game 3 on Philadelphia's home court. And then we get to Game 4, and Game 4 has been super interesting. It's halftime right now in the game, and it's really interesting as I'm recording this because in the first quarter, Jalen Brown was cooking for Boston. He had the first 10 points of the game, hit the first four shots. I think all 10 points were in the first four minutes of the game, too. So, like, he hit bucket to start the game, three-pointer, three-pointer, then a dunk in transition, and they were up 14-11. to 11 After the 76ers were, were giving them their best shot at the start of the game, I mean, Harden had two baskets, and Bede had a foul that uh, was number two on Jalen Brown, which was the other part of it. Jalen Brown got into foul trouble, and it was a great start to the game for the 76ers, and Boston came out just Jalen Brown three-pointer, Jalen Brown three-pointer, Jalen Brown dunk in transition, They were playing great, and then from eight minutes left in the first quarter until the end of the first quarter, the Boston Celtics scored like five points, and it was that moment where the Sixers didn't play like impressively well. The Sixers started the game 0 for 8 from the three-point line, so like they weren't impressive to start the game, but... The 76ers got an eight-point lead because Boston was just shooting some bricks out to start the game. Jason Tatum started the game 0 for 5 in the first quarter. And then we got to the start of the second quarter, and that's when I started to really get the vibe that we should do a post-game show for 76ers Celtics. Because at the time of recording this, I don't know how the game ends yet. Like I said, the Sixers are up 11 right now. We don't know how this game's going to end, but 
I just felt the urge that this was going to be one of those games that we needed to flip on the microphones and start recording and do a breakdown of it like we do an NBA Finals game or like we do a big NFL game during the week, whether it's a Bills-Dolphins game or whatever. Like The same way we do it with NFL, I felt like this is going to be one of those games. Game four, if Boston wins, the series is basically over. If the Sixers win, it's 2-2 for a game five in Boston. Like a game that... The winner, if Boston wins the ser- wins the game, the series is basically over. And if the Sixers win the game, the momentum might shift back in their direction for a best of three with two games in Boston, a game where they already won without Joel Embiid in Boston. So flipped on the microphones because to start the second quarter, this is what we ended up seeing. Marcus Smart, two-point basket where he put it behind the back, shot a floater, scored it. James Harden, in transition, two-point basket. Marcus Smart, three-pointer. James Harden, step-back three-pointer. Marcus Smart, two-point basket. James Harden, uh, floater in transition where he, like, cuts back. He gets a mismatch on Robert Williams, head fakes him, gets to the basket, lays it in. Marcus Smart, three-pointer. So Marcus Smart scores the first 10 points for the Boston Celtics, and every time down the floor... 76ers have a counterpunch. And by the way, this is with Tatum out of the game. This is with Embiid out of the game. It is smart three-pointer. Paul Reed had a basket assisted by Harden. So Harden assisted the basket before. So Paul Reed basket, Marcus Smart two-pointer, James Harden floater, Marcus Smart three-pointer, James Harden step back three-pointer, Marcus Smart two-pointer, James Harden in transition scoop layup past Robert Williams, Marcus Smart three-pointer, three-pointer assist Harden to Georges Niang. Uh, Celtics missed a shot Uh, no Brogdon hit a three-pointer after that so Malcolm Brogdon hits a three-pointer Sixers come down Georges Niang hits a three-pointer Boston gets the ball misses Harden gets the ball and uh, drives in the lane shoots a floater and knocks it down James Harden started the game seven for eight went five for five to start the second quarter and in five minutes the Sixers scored 17 points, and not only did they score 17 points, Harden scored or assisted on all 17 of those points to begin the quarter. James Harden was fucking cooking to start the quarter. And by the way, this is still Jason Tatum having zero points in the game at this point. Like, Tatum had a bunch of rebounds, but at this point, Jason Tatum is 0 for 7 from the field. Jalen Brown has been in foul trouble, and he got uh, Morgan from Australia has the same joke. He gives you 11 points, and then he disappears. 11 out the gate in the first quarter, and then just disappears right after that. And Jalen Brown ended up going to the bench, and Boston ended up getting big-time buckets from Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon because Boston's offense can do that. We saw that in the finals last year with a team that wasn't as good offensively, and the 76ers just came out and fucking countered every time. Three-pointer, three-pointer, Harden-assisted basket to Niang. They just, every single trip down the floor ended with a bucket, and it was a spray of offense for the Philadelphia 76ers. And specifically with James Harden. And even with that four-minute stretch of 17 points in Harden going 5-for-5 and scoring and assisting on every basket, they still only had a nine-point lead at halftime. Jason Tatum only had two points in the first half, and it was still only a nine-point lead at halftime. 
Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart putting together the Boston Celtic first half to keep them in the game. Even with Jason Tatum not being able to score a basket, looking like Ben Simmons with that one-for-eight shooting start. Even with all that, they still kept it close. And, again, we're recording this at halftime. If the 76ers don't come back to win this game and the Boston Celtics end up winning a game four in which the Sixers were up 16 points at the exact same stage of the game that the 76ers lose basically every season since 2019. You can thank Marcus Smart and his shooting. I know Boston wants to run Marcus Smart out of town, but Marcus Smart in the first half was what kept the Boston Celtics from being down 20 points and giving up like the Golden State Warriors did when they were bricking all them shots against the Lakers on Saturday night. So, we are joining you in the fourth quarter of Boston Celtics-Philadelphia 76ers Game 4. It's 92-85. The 76ers are in the lead. The 76ers absolutely should win this basketball game. And yet, here we are. That jovial laugh I had earlier about, oh man, if the Philadelphia 76ers blow another 16-point lead, yeah, guess what? It, it's starting to feel like it's going to happen. And I'm just putting this out here now because we're going to watch a, a bunch of this live. I'm wrapping up a work shift right now so we can throw on the microphones and watch the end of this game and then release it as a podcast. I mean, goddamn, Philadelphia... <laughs> They had a 16-point lead. Then they had a 15-point lead in the third quarter. So they've now had 16-point lead in the second quarter, 15-point lead in the third quarter, and Boston just keeps inching back bit by bit by bit. And I think the reason why I have this feeling Philadelphia is going to lose the game is not just because Philadelphia has been in a position for the past five years if we're talking about 2019 with Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons and Embiid against the Raptors 2020 in the bubble they didn't really have the team to compete 2021 they were the number one seed and blew a one in 778 chance of giving up a 25 point lead in game four and a 27 point lead in game seven against the Atlanta Hawks whether it was last year and the team that got smoked out the building by the Miami Heat. It just feels like the Philadelphia 76ers let it go. But the other reason why is the Boston Celtics are a better team than the Philadelphia 76ers. The difference in the series is that the Boston Celtics are not so much better than Philadelphia that the series is no contest. 
And I relate this back to the Warriors and the Kings series, which I know. I'm in Sacramento. It was my first year working in sports with the Kings. But this series makes sense because the Sacramento Kings were a better team than the Golden State Warriors and the Golden State Warriors advanced. Both of those things can be true because the difference between Sacramento and Golden State was not so significant, particularly when you get down to playoff experience and all that blah, blah, blah. Um, Harrison Barnes missing a three-pointer at the end of Game 4. Sacramento's poor shooting performances in Game 5 and Game 7 of the series. Like When you boil it all down, the gap between Sacramento and Golden State was not so significant that Golden State couldn't win four times in seven games. And that's basically where things reside with the Sixers and Celtics series, is the Celtics are clearly a better team. They have proven time and time again to be a better team. Game three of the series was a pretty good representation of who the Celtics are as a basketball team in terms of team offense. And uh, when the 76ers shooting isn't going to fall, they adjust their defense enough to just double Embiid, have him play the Jokic game of distributing. And if they're going to miss shots, Boston is going to win every game. They, or they're going to win nine out of 10 games they play against Philadelphia if the Sixers aren't hitting shots. And if Joel Embiid's not going for 45 to 50 points, which Embiid can do that. I mean, the Celtics have Robert Williams, who's maybe the best, if not one of the three best defensive bigs in the NBA, and they can always double team Embiid and the strategy is relatively effective. But we've seen like Joel Embiid and James Harden combination has its limitations and the Joel Embiid, James Harden Duo needs spot-up shooters around them in order to succeed. We saw what happened last year in the playoff when the two-man game wasn't working and they didn't have enough shooting to combat that. So the gap right now between Philadelphia and Boston is not so significant that the Sixers are going to get run out the building by Boston. But if they lose a game where they had a 16-point lead in the second quarter, 15-point lead in the third quarter, and again, there's nine minutes left to play, seven-point lead for the 76ers. If they end up blowing this game, man, that is going to be a difficult pill to swallow. And also, it will be the game that if Boston comes away with the victory, the game I'm glad we decided to do a watch party for, because it will be the game that defines this series. Like, no ifs, no ands, no buts. The 76ers James Harden can win you a game against Boston, and he did it. He he won a game against Boston without Joel Embiid in Game 1, and Joel Embiid can get you a game. Joel Embiid will go for 40. He can get you a game. Maybe it's on the home floor. Maybe it's Game 6. Like Joel Embiid can get you a game. I know he's dealing with a knee injury that's four to six weeks, but under normal circumstances, Joel Embiid can get you a game. And that's the best I can offer for Philadelphia. The other two games, they're going to have to find a strategy for beating Boston, and they have executed almost flawlessly in game four. Their spot-up shooting has worked out. James Harden has been playing incredible. The two-man game between Harden and Embiid, they've combined for, if I'm doing the quick math in my head, 57 divided by 93, that is, or 92, 59 divided by, 57 divided by 92, that's about 63% of the points for the Philadelphia 76ers, and if you're looking for a reference, in the game three, Joel Embiid, or sorry, in the game three of the Nuggets and Suns series, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, combined for 71% of the Phoenix Suns points. 
and Joel Embiid and James Harden have combined for 63% of Philadelphia's points so far. So, yeah, the the Embiid-Harden two-man game when it's working is a strategy to beat Boston. I, I think Boston can defend it relatively well, and, and now Philadelphia, the same goddamn thing is happening again. Philadelphia's offense gets tight. Once they get a lead, they they rely on the the Embiid screen and or, or, sorry Embiid post up game, which normally is really good. But then Embiid starts settling on shots. You have James Harden, whose shooting has disappeared in the in the back end of the third quarter and early fourth quarter. Uh, Philadelphia hasn't been able to score points in the last six minutes of the game. Like they just slow down the offense, and the offense ends up fading a little bit. And the Philadelphia 76ers have a strategy for beating Boston. It's just the strategy relies on Embiid and Harden to pick apart a really good Boston defense. And they've done it great in Game uh, 3 when Boston has tried to double. They've gotten timely threes from Maxi and Georges Niang. Uh, maybe Maxi will steal them a game later on in the series if Embiid can't be the the full Joel Embiid because of the knee injury like whatever the case may be the Philadelphia 76ers got to find a way to get two games against Boston and they have played so well in game four that this is one of those games where Embiid was great but didn't dominate Harden was great but didn't dominate and the Philadelphia 76ers have played a flawless not flawless they have played a very good defensive game in which they've held Jason Tatum to under 20 points all of that in combination is why if Philadelphia is going to win this series in seven, they're going to have one more game like this probably on Boston's home court. And uh, James Harden just got a scoop bucket against Jason Tatum where he probably pushed off, and now the 76ers have an eight-point lead, and James Harden has 31 points and is shooting five for six from the three-point line. Man, James Harden has been awesome. Prime James, we had a, a vintage James Harden moment in Game One. James Harden is uh, not quite taking as many shots in the offense as Game One. It was not a vintage Harden game in terms of the offensive firepower like he had in Houston, but it has been a super super efficient James Harden Game Four. And again, if Philadelphia, if y'all lose this game, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> All right, we got a Boston Celtic lead. <laughs> There's 3.38 to go. Al Horford is shimmying on people. Al Horford's hitting dunks in the lane and shimmying on people. God, I can't believe that that's a world that we live in right now. God damn, that is, that is funny. That is funny. Okay, it's 98-98. 3.38 left to play. 
Philadelphia 76ers have blown the 16-point lead as we anticipate. I, I'm not even joking. Like, I know it's a podcast medium. I know this can sound fake. I'll do play-by-play to prove that it's true. Here's Jason Tatum inside, missed a scoop layup, but got fouled by Joel Embiid. I'm not even going to lie. I said when it was... 10 point lead on this podcast I was like oh man feels like they are gonna blow this one feels like they're gonna blow this one and then they blew it and the re- like every time you get down to the end here's what Philadelphia's offense turns into Embiid one-on-one in the post Embiid either settles for a jump shot here here he's got the ball right now Embiid is on Al Horford he's got the ball at the free throw line Embiid's going to settle. Horford's going to block the shot. Look at that. Like, every time down the floor for Philadelphia, it becomes, we got, well, you know, we need a bucket. Let's get the ball to Embiid as Marcus Smart buries a three-pointer to give the Celtics a four-point lead. Every time down the floor. It's a 14-2 run for Boston right now. The, the 76ers have not scored a basket in five minutes because every time down the floor, it's get the ball to Embiid. Embiid's going to settle in the mid-range. This time, they, Embiid's got it again. They brought a double team, passed it out to Harden. Five seconds left on the shot clock. Now Harden drives inside. Harden free throw line jump. Okay, Harden made the free throw line jumper. But still, every time down the floor, it is... Embiid one-on-one. Embiid got to get a basket. Okay, we've got him on Horford. We've got him on Williams. Okay, now Embiid's going to settle for a jump shot. Uh, They don't even have Williams in the game right now. I didn't realize that he's not part of their closing lineup anymore. Brogdon three-pointer buries it. Boom. Boston up five. Two minutes to play. Doc Rivers got to use another timeout here because just nothing is working for Philadelphia. It's the most infuriating shit if you're a Philadelphia fan because it's just... I keep trying to make a point and stuff keeps happening here, but every time down the floor, it's like, okay, we need a bucket here. Get the ball to Embiid. Embiid's going to run down the shot clock. Embiid's going to settle in the mid-range. He's going to miss the shot, or he's going to dribble once to his right and shoot a hook shot, and it's going to hit the rim and fall no good. Like Every time at the end of the game, they go into, oh man, we're falling apart, we need a basket, and they try and get the ball to Embiid, and Embiid settles for a mid-range jumper, and the offense just falls apart because they don't get any three-point shots. If Boston brings a double team, Embiid tries to beat it, and his shot disappears every goddamn time down the floor. And it's, look, I'm not, like, rooting for Philadelphia or anything. It's just so infuriating that they can't hold leads. It's funny. It's really funny that they can't hold a lead like in in 2021 when it was Kevin Herter beating them in a game 7 at home when they had a 25 point lead it was hilarious and people made fun of Ben Simmons for passing up shots and they made fun of Tobias Harris for bricking three pointers y'all you don't have to clench up when you get a 16 point lead like you don't have to go into Embiid get the ball and everyone else clear out you don't have to go into that mode you don't have to go into Harden in the ISO like you can Run the two-man game with Embiid and Harden. You can run the two-man game with Tobias Harris sitting in the corner. And by the way, if you look at what Boston's doing. Boston is in transition, getting three-point shots, and they're burying them. Or Horford's faking out a defender and dunking. Like, everything Philadelphia did well just falls apart at the end of the game. And now, so here, we just got out of commercial. So Harden just drove to the lane and got a layup. And Boston's defense broke down on that one, but Harden is now all of a sudden the guy who's taking over at the end of the game. Like, you don't have to run the the ISO game every single play down the floor if you're Philadelphia. 
you're stunned. This is what Boston got in trouble with against the Warriors last year is when the Warriors started bringing it, Boston would have Tatum work hard for a mid-range jumper. They'd bring a double team to contest and the shot would fall no good. And Philadelphia is doing the exact same thing here at the end of this game. Okay, Marcus Smart just missed a shot. Let's see if they can pull this one out. They were playing. They deserve to win this game. Let's see if they can keep it alive at the end. Okay, Embiid, Harris, back to Embiid. Embiid working on Horford, settling. Oh, no, he gave it up to Tobias. Tobias is going to settle for a mid-range jumper. P.J. Tucker, rebound, and one. Okay, got the end one. Man, that was a bailout. Oh, hey, Aaron Donald's there. That's cool. Man, that was a bailout at the end right there. That was a bailout. Embiid. Oh, P.J. Tucker's yelling something at Embiid right now. Tobias Harris just straight up airballed that. I'm just watching the video again. Just straight up airball by Tobias Harris. All right, so they fouled Marcus Smart, hit two free throws. 45 seconds to play. What you got, Harden? Down two. Embiid's not even... No, Embiid is on the floor. They're doubling Embiid. Smart's following Embiid now. He's got the ball at the three-point line. Trying to post up Smart inside Embiid. Oh, he got blocked. Oh, but Maxi got it. Okay. Oh, Harden running ISO. He got it. Okay. Harden running ISO. 10 seconds. Marcus Smart's got the ball. Okay. Tatum. Three, two, one. Gave it up to Smart for the win. Oh, he missed it. Oh, he missed it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. We're going to overtime. Oh, my God. Harden. The floater to tie it. Oh, Horford thought he was going to shoot it. Harden tied it. Smart had a shot for the win. He left it short. Oh, you're kidding. We got to go to overtime here. God damn. God damn. What a game. What a game. Overtime. Boston 112, Philly 109. Joel Embiid just took a step back three pointer. That was stupid. Uh, is it safe to say this is for the series? Uh, 76ers got a rebound. This feels like it's for the series. This was the 76ers' chance to win a game that wasn't Harden going God mode or Joel Embiid going God mode. I mean, both of them played really well and they got some production out of the rest of the team. There just hasn't been a closeout for Philadelphia that would get it to 2-2 going back to Boston. If Boston steals this game, yeah, this series is over. But if Philadelphia wins this, they got at least a puncher's chance. We talked about it earlier. 
All right, Embiid's posting up Horford. Here comes the double team. He's going to turn around and settle for a mid-range. Oh, he hit it this time. Nice. Nice job, Joel. Uh, but every time, man, it's just Joel Embiid settling for mid-range jumpers. Just the offense. That's got to drive Daryl Morey insane, right? Like, it's awesome to have Joel Embiid, but the dude who's Mike D'Antoni's seven seconds or less offense, the guy who wanted to maximize free throws in the science experiment of James Harden's career, it's got to drive him crazy when Embiid is settling for those shots at the end of game four with a 16 point lead they just showed it up there the Sixers finished the fourth quarter with 16 points because their offense just went totally constipated with Embiid shooting turnaround mid-range jumpers that were well contested it's just the the entire offense fell apart at the end Philadelphia doesn't have a good closing offense they got a apparently they got to get up by more than 16 well they might have to get up by more than 27 in order to close out some of those games all right two minutes to go philly got a turnover harden's got the ball screen and roll there you go screen and roll with Embiid. give it back to Embiid. got horford to jump inside oh and, and one there you go and one that's exactly what you gotta do there's a little baby wearing his james harden jersey i'm telling you man that was such a beautiful play. They ran hard and screen with Embiid. Embiid got inside. Horford jumped on the mid-range. And then Embiid got the and one because Marcus Smart tried to draw a charge and was sliding to his right. And look at that. They're going to get a three-point play out of it. And they just might secure the lead. They should have been doing that from the seven-minute mark in the fourth quarter. The seven-minute mark in the fourth quarter. And they would not be in this position. I don't really have a a dog in the race. It'd be fun to make fun of Juju and Morgan from Australia and all the Celtics fans we've surrounded ourselves with in this weird podcast space. At the same time, though, don't really have a horse in the race. Just so frustrating to see Philadelphia because it's like watching a murder mystery and you know who the murderer is and you're like yelling from behind the screen like, oh my gosh, Don't do that. No, no, no. Or you're seeing something cringy coming. You're like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. It's just you see the plot twist coming and it just happens anyways because they just go into settling for mid-range. This time Embiid faked out Horford with the mid-range shot and got the and one. It It was a perfect play. I don't know why they didn't start doing that sooner. Just perfect job with the two man game running their offense. I mean, they're running the right offense right now. It's the way to run it. I know that one ended in a missed three-pointer by Harden and the other was a, a charge drawn by Embiid, but they're running the right offense here. Let's see what they go with off the foul. So you got Harden. There you go, Harden, two-man game with Embiid. Embiid dribbles to his right, draws the foul. He's going to go to the free-throw line. There you go. Now, when you spread it out a little bit, you don't run Embiid and ISO. Look at your offense improving. It's improving. Now, Philadelphia isn't watching Boston just totally evaporate their lead because you're getting Embiid more involved in the offense and you're making Boston guess what he's going to do. Fake a shot to Horford and get inside or dribble to his left, drive in the lane and draw a foul. Look at that. Now, Daryl Morey's got a smile on his face. After it was driving him insane earlier, now Daryl Morey's got a, a little smile on his face. Maybe Doc Rivers is coaching well. Okay, 
Derek White to Tatum to Smart. Back to Tatum. Tatum three-pointer. Bucket. Bucket. Tatum, 115-113, 37-second. Jason Tatum with a big old bucket. All right, let's see what you got here. Harden, inside, deflected out by Derek White, 26.4 seconds to go. Man, Jason Tatum just hit a step back on Tyrese Maxey. Uh, He kind of extended, but no foul called. God damn, Jason Tatum, bruh. 38-second hero ball shot on Tyrese Maxey. Damn. Jason Tatum. That was the same shot he hit in, uh, what was it, the 47-point game against the Bucks this time last year. That was a hero ball shot by Jason Tatum. God damn. Look at that. Oh, they're showing a replay of it. Jason Tatum stumbling back, hit a three-pointer. Man, that was a good-looking shot by Jason Tatum. That was beautiful. 76ers used all their timeouts, too. Yeah, 76ers fans are definitely going to say he pushed off. I don't think he really pushed off that much. Not enough that I would want to call a foul. All right, 26.4 seconds. Harden to Embiid. Embiid on Tatum. Got the mismatch. Gave it up to Harden. Three buckets. Buckets. James Harden, corner three-pointer, 18.2 seconds. Boston's going to play it straight up. Missoula doesn't want a timeout. 116-115, Marcus Smart, 8, 7, Tatum, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. Tatum for the win. Oh, he gave it up to Smart again. He didn't get a shot off. He didn't get a shot off. No. It would have counted, too. Wait, they said it counted? No, no, no chance it counted. No chance. Yeah, no chance. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that was like a full second. I could see that with the naked eye, bro. That shot was late. Man, Tatum gave it up again. Tatum gave it up again. God damn. Oh, Smart hit the shot, too. He's just way late. Damn. Sixers won the game. Survived that shit. They survived that shit. 76. James Harden with the corner three for 42 points. God fucking damn. So let's see. 76 out of 116. That is 64% of your points, Joel Embiid and James Harden. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how you steal a game that you dominated for three and a half quarters because you choked in the fourth. That is how you make your life so much harder than it needed to be. Joel Embiid, in a two-point game, got doubled by Tatum and Brown, kicked it out to Harden, corner three-pointer for the win. Bottom of the fucking bucket by James Harden. Damn. 64% of the Sixers points came from James Harden and Joel Embiid. That was a a wild game. A wild game that the Sixers survived even though they dominated for three and a half quarters. Impressive. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as Wired Up on Sundays, occasionally. Oh, James Harden, that's cool, man. James Harden with uh, his friend who got paralyzed in the Michigan State shooting. He hit the game winner just for him. Man, that's such a cool moment. Uh, before we go, man, that's that's a cool that's a cool James Harden moment. He's gonna give him the shoes. He's gonna sign it. Everything like that. James Harden hit the game winner with. For those who don't know the story, a Michigan State student in the the mass shooting that happened uh, about I think it was in January at this point. There's so many mass shootings, goddamn. And this kid got paralyzed in the mass shooting and ended up as a result of it becoming a friend with James Harden. James Harden paid for a lot of their medical bills and ended up having a, a FaceTime texting relationship. And then this was the game where the kid was able to come out to the game and James Harden delivered him with a an incredible moment and signed the shoes, got him down on the floor at the end of the game. with it. Man, that's a great moment at the end. I was getting ready to sign off a second ago before I got distracted by that. That was a really cool moment. Uh, We got episodes every single day here on the podcast. Uh, We appreciate all of you supporting our dreams. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow and every day this week. In the meantime, take it easy. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.